Hello, welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I remember the time I visited the grave. My life on the line, only my life to save. And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss Ghostbusters 2, which came out in 1989. Written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, and directed by Ivan Reitman. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, five years after the events of the first movie, the Ghostbusters have hit a bit of a low point in their life. They've been sued by every money mogul in the city of New York and have pretty much gone out of business. But an evil spirit has appeared in a Carpathian portrait and has locked sight has appeared in a Carpathian portrait and has locked sight with Dana Barrett's son, Oscar. It's down to the four Ghostbusters to try to stop this evil from coming forth. We're the best, we're the beautiful, we're the only. So Ghostbusters 1 was a massive, massive success. Yep. It was the highest grossing comedy movie of all time. Well, until Home Alone came out, like, 1990. Yeah, that'd do it. And, uh, and of course, you know... Uh, Everyone was like, when's the next one? Uh, is there going to be another one? But uh, there was a bit of a holdup with the, the studio. Yeah. The, the the head of the studio was just like, big tentpole blockbuster movies? No more. None. Don't like them. Not making them. We're going to go make a bunch of little movies with little money. Yeah. Big investment. They fired him a year later. <laughs> now the Bill Murray was like, you know what? I'm not acting anymore. I'm on a five-year sabbatical. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> and so, like, this script kind of went around. They were like, are they going to make it? Aren't they going to make it? The studio doesn't want to make it. Bill Murray doesn't want to make it. The studio kind of wants to make it. Dan Aykroyd really wants to make it. Dan Aykroyd Howard does. Ramis is involved. Yeah. Ivan Reitman's like, you know, we'll do it. Like, it made so much money. It's boosted all of our careers. It's going to happen. But, but when? And, of course, in between movies... You know, a big, big movie like Ghostbusters. It got a cartoon series. It got all the toys. Yeah. All the merchandise. I mean, all the merchandise you think. It didn't actually arrive until after Ghostbusters 1. It didn't actually start yeah, yeah. to arrive until the cartoon came out. Yeah. And the cartoon is amazing. It was really, really good. The real Ghostbusters. At least the first two seasons. Yeah. So influential, in fact, was the cartoon show. Watched by so many kids. So when the studio went, we need to make the next one. A kids movie yeah so uh n no smoking yeah. uh cut out any kind of sex references or jokes yeah n n no deaths yeah you know just keep it light keep it easy and make it for kids and you know they were definitely inspired by the cartoon by having slimer back in the movie yeah by having janine melnitz have a complete transformation to her cartoon counterpart yeah yeah and of course the film when it released did badly yeah the critics really really lashed out at this film as an inferior sequel as a as a, almost as a quasi remake of the original film and the fans weren't as heavy on it but over the years this film has been reappraised and, and reevaluated. it's actually all right yeah <laughs> i could probably name on one hand bad sequels worse than ghostbusters 2 i, I won't i won't but um, like, in the last review, I thought this was 1992 when this was released, but then looking into it, it was 1989, and it doesn't feel it. 
it definitely has an early 90s vibe to it. Yeah, it just feels a little bit later. Maybe when I caught it with all of the, the advertising that it was going through and the re-releases or, or whatever. You know, like I said, I was a I was a big Ghostbusters fan, you know, when I was little. And then when the second movie came out, I was excited. I, I'm a bit of a sequel whore, really. You know, Grease 2, Jaws 2, Psycho 2, Ghostbusters 2. You know, they all kind of fit into this little realm of continuing this really great franchise. And I was amazed to find out, like looking into the notes and stuff, that you know Bill Murray was kind of holding the film back when it was supposed to be released. You know, the first one had been such a big deal. And I understand his mentality. It's like, look, the first one was so good. Let's not ruin it by making a sequel. But there's making a sequel where nobody is involved, which the studio was going to do at one point. They were going to completely redo the stars. They were just going to redo the name and just release it <coughs> like they did in 2016. Um... But they didn't. They said, right, let's get Ramus back. Let's get Aykroyd back. Let's get Reitman back. Those are three of the major things that made the first movie good. We just need the last one. But he's not playing ball. In fact, he wants to play 10 million ball just to star in the movie alone, which was... Like, even for 89, that's a fucking shit ton of money. It's, it, it's a lot. And I kind of see him as like putting up a wedge. Like, yeah, they're not going to pay that 10 million. So I don't have to worry about doing this movie. <laughs> oh, they paid me. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 oh. Now, I mean, Bill Murray has even gone on to lash out the film himself, saying it's disappointing. Uh, he was like, oh, if, if only the characters were given a chance to shine. He was like, the special effects took over in this movie. Good, and, and they, good. But, but you think as you look at it, you go, actually, <laughs> actually... The first film had more special effects shots than the second one. <laughs> yeah. So, but he also went on and said that the script that he signed on to make for Ghostbusters 2 was not the script that when he turned up on set that they were making. So he yeah. kind of felt like they, they pulled a switcheroo on him. And uh, he was a bit disappointed with the with the story. He Because he, he went on to say what Harold Ramis had intended for the story to be. But I think the studio were just like, nope, kid-friendly, 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 we're making this now. Yeah, well, they had to. They had to control this idea. They had made, you know, when he had walked off and done his five years holiday, they were still making money from this Ghostbusters idea, which oh, yeah. was being heavily fed to children. You know, plastic proton packs and styrofoam fucking lasers with the firehouse and the cars. So... When the ki when when the studio said, "Look, we're making Ghostbusters 2, it was really the kids saying, "We want a Ghostbusters movie," but then everybody starts to get involved. And in fairness, like I love Bill Murray, but this is the same guy that did Garfield one and two. I'm like Elgato, the cat. You mean you cough up hairballs on the rug? I always land on my feet. So like, I'm not even touching that one yet but we'll get to that one with this movie i love the ideas that they actually went with I, I you know like i said i'm a big ghostbusters fan so this film works for me on so many levels and i'll argue it until i die like setting it five years later brilliant not next week the film's five years later as well yeah, so exactly. they've all aged they've all aged they're all a bit more experienced i want to know what's happened to the ghostbusters now and we get that opening sequence with sigourney weaver returning um, as Dana Barrett pushing a baby pram. Now, immediately you're like, if you, obviously if you're not up to date, you're like, oh man, that's Peter's son. Because after the last film, we'd seen that the two of them were walking off Peter's son. 
because after the last film we'd seen that the two of them were walking off hand in hand lovely situation but i always loved the fact that these two hadn't their relationship hasn't carried on from the first movie. I think that was uh, one of Bill Murray's inputs into the script, actually. Yeah, yeah, because he didn't... I, I think he said he didn't want the focus on them. It would be too much taken away from the Ghostbusters, much like in the first movie. So we're, we get drip-fed the information that the two of them have split up. She remarried. She doesn't even work for the uh, orchestra anymore like she'd had in the first one. And she has this baby. Now, we get that awesome little moment where it kind of rolls through the goo. And something as easy as that, you've, you, the five years has kicked in. That's the first thing you see at the beginning of Ghostbusters 2. Five years, this bit of deep orchestral kind of evil music, and then this slime kind of bloop. Yep, and it catches onto the carriage, which yeah. then starts to wheel itself away. And just as she notices that her carriage is moving, yeah. it races down the streets of New York. It's going across the, the busy streets, dodging cars, or do cars are swerving out of the way of it. See, now this is this is Sigourney Weaver. She's just come off the back of Aliens yes. as well. You know, she's heading up to do probably Gorillas in the Mist at some point. She'd, she'd been starring in some easily big roles for her. She slips right into the Dana Barrett stuff. So Absolutely. Yeah, naturally. Just makes it look so realistic. This mother chasing after this carriage. What the hell's going on? You know, the music kicks in. The symbol comes up, putting up its fingers. It's like, you're even changing the symbol. This is so cool. <laughs> I don't like the peace sign, Ghostbuster. Oh, I don't like it. Man, I got drip fed that so much through advertising. that I love that and the original symbol. I, I can't wait for the new one to come up with like a three, you know, and whatever. But... We then see this dying, rusted, sputtering Ecto-1 screaming through the streets of New York. You know, the Ghostbusters turn up at this house. Screaming through the streets of New York. You know, the Ghostbusters turn up at this house. And it's just Winston and Ray. And this lady's telling them that they're, at this, they're in this room. And they're so big. And they walk in there and it's a kid's party. <laughs> and not only, the not only that, the kids are ungrateful little whelps. Oh, I thought it was going to be He-Man. Not to go off track here, but I had thought of something while I was watching this for the review. Okay. Now, this is the Ghostbusters universe, right? Yes. Ghosts exist. Yeah. Exist in this or universe. Did. Or dead. Or dead or magic, whatever. Does He-Man exist? Well, evidently. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, like, I started to think that obviously masses of universes happened. He-Man has come, fought yeah. off the forces of Skeletor, and returned to Eternia. What happens if he did that in the in the Ghostbusters <laughs> universe? Well, and these kids have found out because they're like. They, they start singing, don't they? Well, it would make more sense because <laughs> in 1989, He-Man was not popular anymore. No, you no. know it, that, that phase had already passed. Yeah. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now. <laughs> yeah, we wanted Turtles <laughs> right? in <this> one. <laughs> the Turtles in New York? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, they are. Oh, man, missed out on an option there, guys. Um, but they start to sing the Ghostbusters theme tune, which, you know, by, by this point, people have been sick and tired of it. You know, it had been used as so many times at kiddies parties and Halloween parties. We all love to sing the Ghostbusters tune, but we'd gotten past that point. And the kids start singing that they want He-Man. And Ray and Winston just look at each other like, let's go get a beer. <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. I recognize a lot more of the adult jokes in this than I did the first one. Sure, sure. You know, like, like I... Even when I was a kid and I was watching, I was a little bit older than when I first 
watched the first movie, but they're, they're out there, one's rusting, you know, uh, they're having to do side jobs. This little moment we'd said in the last review, didn't it? It's, it's, it's the moment and the opportunity to catch up with them after those five years. And this is where we find out, like, nobody believes in ghosts anymore. You know, uh, uh, yeah, they're out of business. Like, their business ended the day they defeated the Stay Puft Marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. And then the fact that they got sued up the ass and that they're in so much debt, they got to do children's parties <laughs> on the side to survive. Yeah. Small bit of trivia for you. Right, right. Is that the kid who says, uh, my dad says you're, you're full of crap. Yeah. That, that's, you know, uh, Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman, who is just finished directing <laughs> Ghostbusters third. Afterlife. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I think that's not the only uh, director's children cameo. I think his daughter is also in Egon's lab. Yes. With the puppy. <laughs> Let's see what happens when we take the puppy really? away. And seeing Egon, you know, he's back. Let's see what happens when we take the puppy really? away. And seeing Egon, you know, he's back in school or back in education or back in science yeah. doing weird experiments, social experiments with people whilst he's talking to Dana about what it is that, you know, she's explained. Well, he was always going to do well, wasn't he? You know, uh, he, he he was always the smart guy, so he was just going to do well, wasn't he? You know, uh, he, he, he was always the smart guy, so he was just... Like, I was watching this with the wife, and the wife's like, you can tell this movie's old. She said, this is completely unethical. Locking two people in a room and steadily just raising the temperature up just to see what kind of effect it well, has. Electrocuting people in the first one is totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Totally fine. But I, I was reading in the notes that, you know, they were having real trouble trying to get this script to work, you know, because they'd had a few ideas. They didn't want to do certain things. They ended up obviously agreeing to keep it back in New York. They agreed that obviously bringing back um, the, all the old cast members, but not having any interaction with them was the best way to go. You know, like it was said, it the... was a way to catch each one individually to see what what they're up to before they all come together. Again. Yeah, but I also for me, I also I pick up on all of the information. Like I don't understand how people missed it in the script of them trying to explain what it is the slime does. And if you listen carefully, it is just literally drip fed to you in bits of the script as they're talking. Like, this is what Egon's doing. He's working out what the negative effects of psychic energy has on the room. You know, and we have the joke with the puppy. Let's give a child a puppy, check the readings, and then take the puppy away and see what happens. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, bitch, science. Yeah, yeah science. Well, you I guess know? that kind of, yeah, that psychoanalytical behaviour is kind of the underlying current of what the slime of this movie is actually doing anyway. Exactly. So exactly. it does kind of tie in there. Yeah, Yeah. well, yeah. that's what I mean. When I was reading the notes, like people were like, oh, I don't really understand what the slime needs to do. And they needed to add a few extra things. Well, there is, I mean, we'll get into the slime later, but there is a bit of a disconnect as to how does the slime correlate to the villain of the film what is the slime's properties and powers and why does it keep doing different things depending on what it comes into contact with now there is one thing there was a there's a lot of deleted scenes yeah. in this film and there's one that i thought should have stayed in the film because it does need answering yeah and that is like right from the get-go with this film the very first ghostly thing that happens happens to dana barrett yeah it's like really like not only was she the gatekeeper now yeah. now the first thing that happens is to her or at least yeah, yeah. as she's an got, audience she's got now, a strong psychic what that exactly oh. happens is to her or at least yeah, yeah. as she's an got, audience she's got now, a strong psychic what that's know, exactly what egon says to her in a deleted scene because she asks why me and he's like well after everything that happened to you you're now imbued with this psychic kinetic ghostly energy so you will be targeted it's possible you have a genetically linked etheric emanation that predisposes you to paranormal vulnerability 
In other words, yes. Yeah, well, like, I'm sorry, but in movie reference form, why was Brody always attacked by a shark? And why was the Freeling family always fucking attacked by port guys? It just fucking happens. If you're in the sequel, you are interconnected with the story. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And, like, we've got Ray running his little bookstore. I which love I, that. I love his little occult bookstore. I want, what was it, uh, is it the, the, the Book of Ghosts that they always go to? I want that. What, it, uh, Tol Tobin's... Uh, Tobin Spirit Guide. Yeah. I want a Tobin Spirit Guide. I just always want Tobin Spirit Guide. And Peter Venkman is a fucking TV host. <laughs> World of the Psychic. This bit here is atypical fucking Bill Murray... Just amazing. This bit here is atypical fucking Bill Murray. Just amazing. He is the he's the lead host, and he's got these two supposed psychics sitting with him. One of them who host, and he's got these two supposed psychics sitting with him. One of them who is fully le legit got the crux of the movie in his head. You know, I legit got the crux of the movie in his head. You know, I, I can't remember got. The crux of the movie in his head, you know. I, I can't remember the actor's name. I mean, he was the the crux of the movie in his head, you know. I, I can't remember the actor's name. I mean, he was the dad in Transformers in his head, you know. I, I can't remember the actor's name. I mean, he was the dad in Transformers. He's yeah. a dread, you know. I, I can't remember the actor's name. I mean, he was the dad in Transformers. He's yeah. a great actor, but his his message to say like, dude, I'm getting this strong feeling that the world's gonna end on New, New Year's, Year's Eve, Eve. like. In what five days? That's another thing as well. I gotta bring up this movie's technically a Christmas movie. Technically, it, it actually works on New Year's Eve, but it, it is set. It's a festive movie. It's a yeah. festive movie, you know. And then, then the lady uh, being interviewed as Elaine. well. Yeah, oh. I, I I love I love her prediction. <laughs> yeah. It's like on February fourteenth, twenty sixteen is the day the world will end. And I was like twenty sixteen. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> What film came out in 2016? We're gonna need a bigger boat. Hey guys, check it out! Oh shit! She was right! <laughs> God oh, damn! shit! Wow, mind blown, mind <laughs> blown. If they had let the world end in this movie, we'd never have got that. But we also have Peter after he's never got that. But we also have Peter after he's, you know, got that. But we also have Peter after he's, you know, finished with. But we also have Peter after he's, you know, finished with his guests. But we also have Peter after he's, you know, finished with his guests. He... But we also have Peter after he's, you know, finished with his guests. He sees the mayor, which is kind of weird. The mayor is just walking past it's the right. office today. A lot of coincidences happen in this movie. Um, and, I mean, this guy's another great actor. And he basically stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with uh, Bill Murray and says to him, look, you know, you guys got sued by everybody. You're out of business. You're, this is the most you can do. And Peter tries to fight back. But on his own, he's not. He's nothing. He's really got to hook up with his the the, four, uh, the three other guys, and so when he finally gets to the bookstore, meets up with Ray. And Ray and Egon are starting to discuss what it is that's happening to Dana, and we keep flicking as well to the the museum that Dana works at with uh, Janosch, played by Peter McNichol. 
I'm just like, man, it's the Dragon Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly people know him as the the guy from Ali McBeal, one of the lawyers. Yeah, I do. I mean, I remember him from the Bean movie as well. He's Mr. Bean's best but, friend. Uh, yeah, but he's yeah. he's Yanosh. He's yes. fucking Bean movie as well. He's Mr. Bean's best but, friend. Uh, yeah, but he's yeah. he's Yanosh. He's yes. fucking yeah. Bean movie as well. He's Mr. Bean's best but, friend. Uh, yeah, but he's yeah. he's Yanosh. He's yes. fucking Yanosh. I mean, in the script, it was just a, an American called Jason. Yanosh. He's yes. fucking Yanosh. I mean, in the script, it was just. A, an American called Jason and Peter McNichol was just like you know what no 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 let's let's play with this and I'm gonna create this Carpathian accent yes this backstory and 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 do this and he won over it with the audition yeah see now this kind of brings in lore for me that I've kind of made for myself which kind of tries to explain some of the stuff that obviously you bring up because yeah there's Janosch is supposedly from Carpathia and he's got this picture of Vigo the Destroyer, basically, from Carpathia. And Vigo, played by uh, Willem von Homburg and voiced by Max von Sydow, um, he, he's just an intimidating presence. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll admit he's not as scary as Gozer. Gozer has, like, a whole background presence in the first movie that you're always there. They try to replicate it again in this one. I think that uh, the Vigo painting is one of the most iconic and memorable villains in film history. Ah, no, the painting I don't think, is I don't think Yeah, I don't think the villain is as good as his painting yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The painting is fantastic. The lighting, the mood, the expression, the posture... Everything about it just is is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I mean, it's not a painting. It is obviously they they built the set. They got him in there. They took the photo, blew up the photo large. You know, put it yeah. on the canvas. And I'm just like, it looks amazing. And you know, like that image is still being memed to this day. Oh yeah, man. It, it really, really holds up. It's yeah. unfortunate that the yeah, the the actual presence of him on screen is not as good, but. Max von Sydow's voice, though, yeah. is so good for this character. Blood. What was with good for this character. Blood. What was will be, what is will be no more. Now is a season of evil. We we start to understand as the movie starts to tell us about the slime. You know the 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 the, the four Ghostbusters go see Dana, do some tests on Oscar. You know we get the. I just want to say it's mostly yeah. the the three Ghostbusters because Winston had the party scene and yeah. he's barely turned up since. Yeah, that well, like I I I like to think that he's working off on his own. Sure, he's got his own job. He's got his own. Well, that's family. It. I like the fact that he does turn up at one point and he's the only Ghostbuster in the uniform. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, man, are they just sending him out to do all the jobs that they well, don't want to do? Well, that's it. He he'll turn up again in the in the court sequence, yes. and it's actually really well, good that he wasn't involved with the three guys. He, exactly, he'll turn up at the court sequence, but he also disappears because they only bring out three proton three packs. Proton it's like, well, packs. where did Winston go? It's it, he's he's working somewhere else and we know that this is a problem because the writers are obviously you know they're trying to keep this character in and it was one of the big arguments for the 2016 movie that they brought out when they brought in the, the, the full factress for her playing the Winston character that people were like oh they're just trying to shoehorn her in and I'm like as a Ghostbusters fan they should have utilized Winston more you know he actually saves two of their lives at one point in this movie if he hadn't they'd have died so that's how integral the Winston character is for all this. The writing and how 
you know, Harold Ramis and Raymond uh, uh, and Dan Aykroyd put the characters together. That's something, that's a completely whole new video, people, that we need to bring up. And we can, because we're focusing mainly on the Peter Venkman, Dana Barrett stuff. Well, that was the thing, like, when, when the film was, the first draft was edited together and they mm. looked at it, Ivan Reitman was like, oh, no, like, there's no scary scares or thrills in the movie. Yeah. I focused all my time on, on Dana and Venkman's relationship, and which is a retread. Yeah. We've already seen this in the first movie. So he was like, right, right, the film's finished. We need to get everybody back together and we need to go and make some more scary scenes. So we're going to have the scene of, of, of Ray and Egon in the lab that catches on fire that Winston yeah. saves them it was like that wasn't in the script or in yeah. the film the sequence where they go down to the subway and they see all of the heads on the spikes yeah wasn't oh, in the script yeah. they were just like oh, we need yeah. more scary stuff so yes. let's throw in more scary stuff that's what makes that's what I think makes Ghostbusters 2 work is we don't need to know where Winston is all the time he'd be a fourth yeah. wheel for nothing is we don't need to know where Winston is all the time he'd be a fourth yeah. wheel for nothing because we don't need to know where Winston is all the time. He'd be a fourth yeah. wheel for nothing because we don't need to know where Winston is all the time. He'd be a fourth yeah. wheel for nothing because we need Peter need to know where Winston is all the time. He'd be a fourth yeah. wheel for nothing because we need Peter and Dana to explain why they're not together. And Dana explains it really well. Look, you call me the old ball and chain. That's why I walked out. And Peter's like, oh yeah, I'm a dick. Yeah. You know, we get the funny jokes between Ray and Egon like, did you have toys as a kid? Oh, we had a slinky. I straightened it and it's like you would part of it's not even a full <laughs> slinky it was a part of a slinky how do you get a part of a slinky because it was just a spring it was just a piece of metal they straight and then they have their devices you know they find out that there's something <laughs> piece of metal they straight and then they have their devices you know they find out that there's something brewing underneath the street so it cuts the nighttime and they're digging in the street illegally they've got no permits they should not the nighttime they're digging in the street illegally they've got no permits they should not be doing time they're digging in the street illegally they've got no permits they should not be doing this time they're digging in the street illegally they've got no permits they should not be doing this this is another reason why winston's not there they don't want to involve him they're just the three guys sneaking in and breaking in and when they start to lower ray down into the tunnel all this slime this i like to believe has been there it was maybe remnants of what happened after Goza left. So a small bit of it got into the uh, city sewers. The marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit of marshmallow. And it's dug all the way down the hide, but then it started to feed on all... Yeah, maybe a bit of marshmallow. And it's dug all the way down the hide, but then it started to feed on all the negative... But marshmallow. And it's dug all the way down the hide, but then it started to feed on all the negativity from the city. Dug all the way down the hide, but then it started to feed on all the negativity from the city of New York. I mean, and it started to feed on all the negativity from the city of New York. I mean, like I have never been to need on all the negativity from the city of New York. I mean, like I have never been to need on all the negativity from the city of New York. I mean, like I have never been to New York. I'm sure it's a lovely place. I'm sure. <laughs> but once they cause the damage, I mean, you get that brilliant where Janosch has, he's been possessed by the spirit of Vigo. You know, we've had the head come up over the, over the, by the spirit of Vigo. You know, we've had the head come up over the, over the, by the spirit of Vigo. You know, we've had the head come up over the, over the slime spirit of Vigo. You know, we've had the head come up over the, over the slime spirit of Vigo. You know, we've had the head come up over the, over the slime. So Vigo. You know, we've had the head come up over the over the slime. So we go. 
you know we've had the head come up over the over the slime so Vigo you know we've had the head come up over the over the slime so Vigo you know we've had the head come up over the over the slime so Vigo knows you know we've had the head come up over the over the slime so Vigo knows the slime's there did he aim? That's why he wanted to come to New York because I was going to say, did he, did he ship his own painting where it needed to be? No, I <laughs> I think he per he maybe he influenced Janos in the background. You know, we don't hear much about Janos's background. He's just the curator here, yeah. but he knows about the painting. And then once he's been possessed by Vigo, Vigo needs a child. He wants to be be reborn again in another body. And then he goes to Dana's apartment. And you get that wonderful moment where he's he's tr he's trying in his apartment, and you get that wonderful moment where he's he's tr he's trying to get with Dana, but she's keeping him at arm's length, which is good. And then he walks out in the light, he's trying to get with Dana, but she's keeping him at arm's length, which is good. And then he walks out in the lights in his eyes appear, which is good. And then he walks out in the lights in his eyes appear, and that's the staple lights in his eyes appear. And that's the staple for a lot of guys appear. And that's the staple for a lot of the ghosts appear. And that's the staple for a lot of the Ghostbusters appear. And that's the staple for a lot of the Ghostbusters here. And that's the staple for a lot of the Ghostbusters here. And that's the staple for a lot of the Ghostbusters best. And that's the staple for a lot of the Ghostbusters' best moments. And that's the staple for a lot of the Ghostbusters' best moments in both movies is the ghost stuff. I don't need to worry about the relationship of Dana and Peter. Pfft, don't care. Yeah, you know? it does make me go, well, what is Janosch then? Because we've seen Vigo sort of lightning blast him. Yeah. I'm like, well, he's not dead. He's not a ghost. He's, but he's got some magic powers now. He's possessed. I like to believe he's possessed and empowered by Vigo. Vigo sure. can't do much from his portrait. Yeah. You know, he, he's gaining power as Dato. So he's given Janosch a little bit of power to find him a child. And like any evil villain, I'll yeah. gift you everything after I've got my power back. So we get to the court case. Yes. And so because they knocked the power out um, and got into trouble, they got arrested and now they've been sent to court. And I, I do think this is this is one of my favorite trouble. They got arrested and now they've been sent to court. And I, I do think this is this is one of my favorite scenes in the film. And now they've been sent to court. And I, I do think this is this is one of my favorite scenes in the film because this is where the film been sent to court. And I, I do think this is this is one of my favorite scenes in the film because this is where the film really court. And I, I do think this is this is one of my favorite scenes in the film because this is where the film really gets I, I do think this is this is one of my favorite scenes in the film because this is where the film really gets going again yeah this is one of my favorite scenes in the film because this is where the film really gets going again yeah love lewis tully here really really good like uh, he's a yeah. he's a lawyer but if you find out that he got his he got his degree at night school <laughs> he's you just see their reactions it's like oh we're going to jail we're done <laughs> yeah. i mean the reintroducing of him as well was really easy the yeah. movie's just like Look, we haven't actually brought him up at all throughout the beginning of this movie. And here he is. And I'm like, yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Just like the first movie. <laughs> I guess he must have been. And here he is. And I'm like, yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Just like the first movie. <laughs> I guess he must have been doing their taxes, at least for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then, of course, we get the judge, Judge Wexler, who's just like, don't believe in ghosts. Don't believe anything you've said. Gets yeah. really angry. And then, boom, the Scolari brothers <laughs> gave him the chair. <laughs> 
See, now, the slime fed on the negative uh, energy coming from the judge and spawned two ghosts from the... The, the, the judge's past. I was going to say, now this is the first for Ghostbusters as well to have two ghosts that are humanoid. I mean, we had the librarian. Yeah, yeah. Two ghosts that are humanoid and humanoid. I mean, we had the librarian. Yeah, yeah. Two ghosts that are humanoid and they know who they are. Like, we, the, the judge goes, that's the Scalari brothers. I gave them the chair. He knows those ghosts yeah. are. Yeah, that's it. So that's why I like to think that even though the film doesn't really explain it to us, if you if you know Ghostbusters, if you're fi if you're fine with just making stuff up, like we said, a piece of the marshmallow from the first movie got into the ground, sucked up all this negative energy, turns into slime, gets brought to slime in front of somebody, and if you infuse it enough with enough evil energy, ghosts will appear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like like we said, we get that little bit of Winston uh, in the courthouse. Like, well, I'm kind of happy I wasn't with you guys. And then we get the three cases, but it's it, it's there's so many callbacks in this movie to the first one. That's why I believe some people like miss the light that the second one has. That it does do things better. This this bit here in the courthouse is just the three of them going against Slimer again from the first movie. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's the two Scaleri brothers, and it it shows that the special effects have gotten a little bit better, a little yes. bit bigger. You know, we can actually see the ghost a little bit detail, the tinge of blueness bigger. You know, we can actually see the ghost a little bit detail, the tinge of blueness on them, the lights they, on their they, eyes. They, they, they use the same puppet techniques that they used for Slimer in the first film, and yeah. they just got to build upon it and do it better this time around yeah so there's more facial movement and when you, when you really see the ghosts you can see how well they are animated they're they're moving they're alive yeah and and the fact that they're very they much of a callback as well to the blues brothers you know one's short they and fat absolutely are the blues brothers you know yeah. and you're yeah. like this is just so many good callbacks <laughs> and there's some great moments where we don't see the ghost yeah. like this is just so many good callbacks <laughs> and there's some great moments where we don't see the ghost yeah. like this is just so many good callbacks. And there's some great moments where we don't see the ghosts and we have all the chairs popping off in front of them. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, when the proton packs are going, the traps are coming out. It's like, this is great. The music's building everything up. Really, really heroic. You know, and then we've got the music's building everything up. Really, really heroic. You know, and then we've got oh, that moment when they all turn on their proton packs yeah. for the first time. <laughs> Yo, Ray. moment when they all turn on their proton packs yeah. for the first time. Yo, Ray. Ego. Um, it's like yes the, the, the film again is so many so many great lines that it's like you know I love the bit where the judge is screaming and he's just like oh they're gonna get me and Peter Benkman's like ah you're next Bubbles we don't care they're not after us yeah. we can take them on but we kind of need you to release us and Lewis has this whole little yeah he's, he's Rick Moranis spills this law jargon but in a way that's like a bumbling idiot but sounds so smart and i'm like yeah let's, let's do it so they, they get their packs they trap the ghosts they put them back in and we're back and you're like yeah you montage <laughs> how did people forget how did you forget how bad ghostbusters were it's brilliant you know forget how did you forget how bad ghostbusters were it's Brilliant, you know. <laughs> they rehired Janine back as a secretary. Don't know what she was doing in the meantime. <laughs> she, well, she but, was working as another secretary somewhere. Oh, okay, else. but she came straight back. Yeah, yeah. You know, transformation complete. Yeah. Of the advert sequence. Oh, okay, else. but she came straight back. Yeah, yeah. You know, transformation complete. Yeah. Of the advert sequence with but she came straight back. Yeah, yeah. You know, transformation complete. Yeah. Of the advert sequence with she came straight back. Yeah, yeah. You know, transformation complete.
yeah. of the advert sequence with her straight back. Yeah, yeah. Transformation complete. Yeah. Of the advert sequence with her and back. Yeah, yeah. Transformation complete. Yeah. Of the advert sequence with her and, and Lewis in the bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was supposed to be like the a couple that attacked in the hotel in the Cedric in the first film. They yeah. like, reused it here. I was like, that's brilliant. But yeah, I mean, the song. It's not quite as striking as the, the previous film. No, it's a remix by Run DMC that obviously, you know, they had asked to get in, which I makes sense. If you'd rehash the same song and we you know they had asked to get in, which I makes sense. If you'd rehash the same song and we'd heard it over to get in, which I makes sense. If you'd rehash the same song and we'd heard it over and over again, which I makes sense. If you'd rehash the same song and we'd heard it over and over again in this one, it would have ruined the movie even worse. It's just that even by today, like there are hundreds of remixes of Ghostbusters, and I just uh, I I don't really like many of them. Now, the, 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 for me, the soundtrack for the second movie, yeah, it's not as iconic as the first one, but it, it it's it works for this movie. Sure, it just works for this movie, and I love how, like we said, the. The animation, so the, the real Ghostbusters cartoon series have been going between the films. So in a way, they update the Ghostbusters 2 in the movies with stuff from yes. the series. Like, they get the darker suit, which I think is really, really cool. They do, although Ivan Reitman didn't like it, so he made them go back to the original suits during the film as well, which yeah. is why you're just like, which suits are they wearing? I... Well, both. They need, they they got more both. Than, yeah. They've got more than them as well, yeah. which is why you're just like, which suits are they wearing? I... Well, both. They need, they they got more both. Than, yeah. they've got more than as well, yeah. which is why you just like which suits are they wearing? I bore both. They need. They, they got more. Both, yeah. They got more than one uniform. Which is why you just like which suits are they wearing? I bore both. They need. They, they got more. Both, than, yeah. They got more than one uniform. That's that's how I look at it. You know, if 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 you're watching the animation and the movies, you you believe that they just live in those fucking. <laughs> if you're watching the animation and the movies. You, you believe that they just live in those fucking suits. <laughs> right. And they need to change. They need to wear something else. What's the first thing we have to do? Get rid of our uniforms. They absorbed a frightening amount of psychokinetic energy during our battle with Gozer. They'll have to be destroyed. Well, to be fair, Venkman literally wears the suit like once, I think, in this film. And that's at the very end. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't put it on at all. I, I, I love the updated Ecto-1. You know, with the flashing lights on the side. You know, it's just flashier, faster. You know, for fans, you know, I raise my hand up. My son has five versions of the Ecto-1 nice. that we've picked up over the years. <laughs> and it, it boggles the mind. But when you see it in its different forms, it's such a beautiful vehicle. It is, it is. You know, in its white with the symbols on the side of all the stuff on top. It was devastating to know that it broke down during the making of this film. <laughs> yeah, of it died it during the montage going across the bridge. It broke down and that was it. So then it just had to be towed into place really? or, or dragged into shot wherever it was for the rest oh, of the just, film because it was dead. They, they did do a restoration a few years ago. Like yeah. They got Dan Aykroyd involved. They got the original Ecto-1. They fixed it all up and then Dan Aykroyd was like, no, 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 no. All of these cables need to be changed and moved around because all of the gizmos and gadgets inside yeah. were all wired up yeah. and serve a purpose. A purpose. And uh, he got it running and he got to drive it again. And I was just like, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so they've come to the idea as well to obviously that there must be a connection between the slime and the painting. I mean, they don't fully explain to us. Um, but we will find out that somehow Vigo is, is is using the slime. And Dana, she's almost been attacked how Vigo is, is, is using the slime. And Dana, she's almost been attacked at her apartment by slime that's come out of the bath. You know, it's tried to attack her and, and 
Oscar. So she goes back to Peter and this starts to build their relationship, which we kind of knew was coming. Nobody else is having relationships in the movie, you know. Well, I mean... Um... Yeah, Lewis, Lewis and, and Janine do end up getting together. But we always, like in the first one, I always thought Janine was going to get with Egon, which the cartoons also continue to explore that. But yeah. the film, I guess, just went, nope. Well, it wasn't a date. It was just dinner. Where's Peter? Egon and Ray have also, you know, they, they've used the slime. I mean, we've had the dancing toaster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Like, the dancing toaster. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Like... That's what you come to Ghostbusters for. Dancing Ghostbusters. Well, speaking of what we were earlier, did, did Egon sleep with the slime? Or yes, did he have sex yes, with the slime? Yes, he stuck his dick in the slime, Gary. I've always believed that. It's always the quiet ones. Egon was just like, okay, Ray, if I put my dick in there, we'll see what happens. Say supportive, nurturing things to it. You're not sleeping with it, are you, Ray? Things to it. You're not sleeping with it, are you, right? Moving on. Yes, <laughs> and the the guys have obviously come up with the idea of, look, you know, yeah, there's a connection between the, the, these photos. And, and they've gone to the museum and they've taken the photos. You have what appears to be a slight... Taken the photos. You have what appears to be a slight possession moment between Ray and... And Vigo. Now, I did read that there, there was supposed to be more of this. Yes, there was. And I'm kind of glad they didn't go with it. It does seem out of place, but it pays off later on in, in the movie. Yeah. Vigo, I believe, doesn't have the power to just be possessing everybody. Because if he did, he would. He's, he have the power to just be possessing everybody. Because if he did, he would. He's, he's barely got enough power to, to control Janosch. That he would. He's, he's barely got enough power to to control Janosch. Janosch is still going. He's, he's barely got enough power to to control Janosch. Janosch is still going to work. He's barely got enough power to to control Janosch. Janosch is still going to work. Barely got enough power to to control Janosch. Janosch is still going to work. He's barely got enough power to to control Janosch. Janosch is still going to work. He's barely got enough power to to control Janosch. Janosch is still going to work. He's got plenty of power to to control Janosch. Janosch is still going to work. He's got plenty of time to kidnap the baby when it's at daycare, you know, or get her to bring it in. Hey. You know, bring the baby into work and show him the portrait. That would be well, a good right. idea. Dad is going to go out on a dinner date and just leave the baby at home anyway. <laughs> I mean, granted, she's leaving it with two babysitters. Janine Melnitz from my staff. That's a really trusting. But I'd, I'd leave baby with Rick Moranis. Yeah, well, yeah. he'd probably shrink. He shrink him, blow him up. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but the the you know Winston, Egon, and Ray. They've been, they've been looking at the pictures that uh, they got of Ego, and you start to see this great change of the real because they you they, the cameras they're using actually have spectral filters so it can yeah. show you if there's anything behind these things and ray's just like look that's the river of slime i saw the the picture is burst into flames and they almost die because of all the all the chemicals in the room to develop the pictures and winston is the one who comes across and saves them i love it when they 
not only go down to the sewers, but the the first bit where they meet up with Peter and Dana. Yeah, yeah. Now I... the the first bit where they meet up with Peter and Dana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I I like the scene that's in the film, but there is actually a deleted scene where they turn up at his apartment and they right. knock on the door and they're all stood in the doorway in their suits. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Sigourney Weaver steps into shot, fully dressed up, and uh, Winston just goes. He's not coming. <laughs> I was like, oh, that works so much better than the line in the film. I, I Yeah, I, it does. It, it would give Winston more screen time. Yes. You yeah. know, I mean, the, the line from Peter is pretty good where she just kind of walks off. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, the, the line from Peter is pretty good where she just kind of walks off. Yeah. And he's like, women, what are you going to do, guys? You yeah. know, she just doesn't. I, I think that's why I much prefer the sewer stuff over the dinner. Well, yeah. You know, them in the sewers, I love the stuff over the dinner. Well, yeah. You know, them in the sewers, I love the stuff over the dinner. Well, yeah. You know, them in the sewers, I love the, the, the focus on Winston in this moment as well. Where the, In the sewers, I love the, the, the focus on Winston in this moment as well. Where the, the sewers, I love the, the, the focus on Winston in this moment as well. Where the, this voice is just like... Winston. It was so great because yeah, because the others all had echoes except his, and then the train. Yes, <laughs> just more ghosts. Like Ghost versus twenty sixteen, I think had way too much and not enough good material for the actors. In the, in the first two real Ghostbusters movies, you had a perfect balance of all the real life bullshit that the actors were having to deal with. Okay, not so much with Winston, but, I mean, it would have just been more of the same. Maybe his family, his wife. I reckon Winston's married. <laughs> I reckon he's married with kids and, and the Ghostbusters is a side job. And when you then balance it really well with the ghost stuff, especially in the second movie, you know, I, there, there's a great special effect I'll talk about it later, but this train itself, you know, like, uh, like Egon says to him, like, did you catch the number? If you pause it, well enough, I reckon you can see the number as you go past. Well enough, I reckon you can see the number as you go past. I think that was the old New York Central, City of Albany. Derailed in... I think that was the old New York Central, City of Albany. Derailed in 1920, killed hundreds of people. Did you catch the number on the locomotive? Albany. Derailed in 1920, killed hundreds of people. Did you catch the number on the locomotive? But they... Derailed in 1920, killed hundreds of people. Did you catch the number on the locomotive? But they... Derailed in 1920, killed hundreds of people. Did you catch the number on the locomotive? But they find this entrance and they head down and they just see the river of slime. Locomotive. But they find this entrance and they head down and they just see the river of slime. And inadvertently get pulled into the slime, um, all three of them, and just go... Well, Winston gets pulled in, doesn't he? And the other two are just like... Well, in we go. Yeah, we, well, we've got to follow him, you know. Yeah. We'd definitely get moaned if we just leave him to die. And uh, we see them crawling out of the manhole cover. They see him crawling out. I mean, it's... It, and uh, we see them crawling out of the manhole cover. They see him crawling out. I mean, it's it, like they filmed this in like a January in New York. Covered in this shit while they're taking off all those layers of clothes. Freezing cold. Covered in a horrible substance. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, the uh, the slime has made them negative. So the ghost was to start lashing out at each other. Yeah. Until he quickly realizes, like, no, 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 quickly take off the suits. They're covered in the slime. Yeah. We need to go and tell Peter. Yeah. <laughs> take off the suits. They're covered in the slime. Yeah. We need to go and tell Peter. Yeah. You get the sequence where they burst into the restaurant, making a scene, flicking slime at the customers. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, of course, in come the security. In come the police. It's time to be escorted to see the mayor again. Yeah. And they sit down with the mayor just like in the first movie and they're trying to explain to him. And I I find this bit really unbelievable that the mayor, after everything he dealt with in the... I find this bit really unbelievable that the mayor, after everything he dealt with in the first movie, yeah. is going to not believe them this time it's around. It's the biggest criticism of this film is that it's everyone goes, yeah, there's no such thing as his ghost. Nobody remembers Stave Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, how can you not? It's a fucking hundred foot marshmallow man. Like, if it man. happened in any world, you'd think we'd remember it, but they're like, no, apparently it was like mass hypnosis. It was a conspiracy, a cover-up, a... Uh, like no, apparently it was like mass hypnosis. It was a conspiracy, a cover-up, a, uh, a. And you let these guys go back out on the street so they can do it again? Ooh. Yeah, it, it's a big complaint because he can't easily explain it away. I mean, his his aide plays the villain quite well, like Walter Peck in the first well, movie, it, where he in the original script it was going to be Walter Peck again, but they were like, look, the film's already too much. Of a yeah. remake. If we bring him back, then no, it's too much. Yeah, so. it's too much. And him, you know, this aide locking up them in a psychiatric ward is is kind of good to get away from the mayor. But you've already built the mayor up as somebody who doesn't care, doesn't believe. You know, it would have been a lot better in this. I think in this situation where he's talking to the Ghostbusters, he's telling them, okay. You've got everything. Speak to my aide. I'll go off yeah. and sort out the press. And then the aide locks them up. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Betrays. Yeah, that would have made more sense. That would have made more sense. But the mayor's just like, no, but I don't care. And then the next time we see the mayor, he's like, I spent all night last night talking to a ghost. I'm like, well, really? <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, oh, I'm going to fire you, aide, now because you locked up the Ghostbusters. It's not his fault. You were practically telling them to get fucked. I did like Bobby Brown's little appearance. I mean, Bobby Brown sung one of the songs yeah, for the soundtrack, and instead of being paid, he just wanted a moment. Yeah, and in so, the film. So he gets told by the Ghostbusters that pro being paid, he just wanted a moment. Yeah, and in so, the film. So he gets told by the Ghostbusters that pro on packs are he just wanted a moment. Yeah, and in so, the film. So he gets told by the Ghostbusters that pro on packs are not for children. Even though every child in 1989 pretty much well, had. Well, well, not a real one, but yeah. But then uh, another little cameo here as well is it's uh, Bill Murray's older brother playing the psychiatrist yep. in the hospital. And, you know, when, when they're sat at the table and they all explain what's going on and the psychiatrist is just looking at them all like, yeah, you're all fucking nuts. Like, especially if you haven't seen any of the supernatural stuff, you'd be like, yeah, this is crazy talk. Yeah, but he, he must have in the last five years. I don't know, maybe he just by. moved into New York. I don't know. The, the ghost was only existed in New York. We Dude. didn't have the internet then. There was no YouTube. No, I mean... There was no Instagram. There's no no stay puffed on Twitter. I'm not I'm not even touching any of that. I'll be here for three hours. But I did like the idea as well that Lewis Tully supposedly had a brother played by Eugene Levy who was supposed to be the orderly in the psychiatric ward that helps the four guys escape. Yeah, you know. Um, and while the Ghostbusters has been locked up, the slime has come out and. Much like in the first movie, as the ghosts have escaped from the the containment unit, the slime gets out and starts to bring things back to life or or do certain like i i understand how her coat comes to life because it's fur yeah and the spirits of the fur come back i'm not entirely sure how the titanic comes back well yeah i mean it's it's a cool image yeah i love it i this it's... is why i love ghostbusters 2 kind of more than the first one because i love the titanic so much and <laughs> seeing it there in its ghostly apparition form. well apparently they were going to have the like the hindenburg blimp or something they were but i guess that was too expensive and then again and a bunch of people know, on fire would the, be the titanic lot. was supposed to arrive at that pier in yes. new york so it was like 
it was awesome just to see it there, like, like the hole in the ship and all of the all of the. But the... how does the, how did the slime make the ghost and all the ghosts of the dead people from the Atlantic? There's so many problems with this film when you try to, to yeah. explain this stuff because the goo doesn't make sense. It, well, it, it, it kind, it kind of, of does. It's but... the negative energy of New York, and so that's kind of maybe the the memories of New Yorkers who wanted to see the Titanic. I don't. Know. All but of the ghosts the walking off of the Titanic thing. didn't look like the monsters are going around going. Blah, 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 blah. They all just look like people like fucking. We made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a cool place. They all just look like people like fucking. We made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a cool, but it's a cool effect. It is. It's, it's a really cool, cool effect, and of course cool you got effect. Cheech Marine there as yeah. well as a, another cameo. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, and of course cool you got effect. Cheech Marine there as yeah. well as a, another cameo. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, and of course cool you got effect. Cheech Marine there as yeah. well as a, another cameo. <laughs> yeah. And so, the city of New you got Cheech Marine there as yeah. well as a, another cameo. <laughs> yeah. And so, the city of New York Cheech Marine there as well as another cameo. And so the city of New York is terrified there as well as another cameo. And so the city of New York is terrified there was another cameo. And so the city of New York is terrified they need another cameo. And so the city of New York is terrified they need another cameo. And so the city of New York is terrified they need the another cameo. And so the city of New York is terrified they need the ghost bus cameo. And so the city of New York is terrified they need the ghost bus cameo. <laughs> and so the city of New York is terrified they need the Ghostbusters back. Dana um, Dana had returned home after the date with Peter and he'd been arrested. And Janosch had turned up in a, a really kind of scary evil made ghost yeah. uniform. Like I don't know if that's really him or psychic projection. It's scary, him. it's cool, but again I don't think it makes sense because he's not a ghost yet he's behaving like a ghost now and he won't yeah. do that again. I don't think it makes sense because he's not a ghost yet he's behaving like a ghost now and he won't yeah. do that again in the yeah. film. It makes sense because he's not a ghost yet he's behaving like a ghost now and he won't yeah. do that again in the yeah. film. It makes sense because he's not a ghost yet he's behaving like a ghost now and he won't yeah. do that again in the yeah. film. Exactly. He hasn't done that before. Like, I, yeah, yeah, and now and he won't yeah. do that again in the film. Exactly. And he hasn't done that before. Like, I, yeah, and he kidnaps that again in the film. Exactly. And he hasn't done that before. Like, I, yeah, and he kidnaps baby Oscar off the film. Exactly. And he hasn't done that before. Like, I, yeah, and he kidnaps baby Oscar off the film. Exactly. And he hasn't done that before. Like, I, yeah, and he kidnaps baby Oscar off the side of. The... He hasn't done that before. Like, I, yeah, and he kidnaps baby Oscar off the side of the the roof because baby's like climbing on the rooftops of. Snaps baby Oscar off the side of the the roof because baby's like climbing on the rooftops of buildings. The the roof because baby's like climbing on the rooftops of buildings. Yeah, and can balance on the edge. I do. Amazing. <laughs> I always loved the fact they were twins. Yes, as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, you, one's crying, so change it for the next one. But you never tell. No. You never tell unless you really look. And so he's been whisked off. Dana has rushed off. Uh, to the museum, and it sealed her inside and covered itself in a shell of goo. We already understand, or we don't know how it works, so we're just going with it, okay, people? It we already understand, or we don't know how it works, so we're just going with it, okay, people? It looks like a giant jello mold. And the Ghostbusters have been released by the um, from the uh, psychiatric ward and raced to there and try to use their proton packs on it, and it just doesn't work. And so much as another callback to the first movie, we need a giant thing to kind of help to battle 
the last evil. Exactly. Now, there is another deleted scene here, and I guess it was deleted because it went against the film's thing of nobody dies in this film. Right, right. Is that the aid of the, the mayor, he yeah. gets so irate that the Ghostbusters can't do anything or do anything, so he goes up and he starts yelling at the slime. Right. And he smacks it, and then the slime devours him. And his yeah. shoes fall down smoking. So he actually dies. The slime killed him. And I'm like, yeah. how does the slime work? No. Does it going to make a ghost of him? His Deleted scene anyway, so it's... Yeah, funny. him at the end singing with his family, yeah. I think is a lot better. But... Now, there was also... should bring up... There's a lot of deleted scenes in this film. <laughs> yeah. I guess they didn't know what worked. Now, one thing that you thought would be more prominent in the film is the appearance of Slimer. He does appear in the film here and there. Yeah, yeah. He was a, an unfortunate big addition to the cartoon series. Yeah. But there was this whole series of events in the film that was cut involving Lewis Tully. Yeah. But there was this whole series of events in the film that was cut involving Lewis Tully training himself to become a Ghostbuster without <laughs> letting the guys know. And his that. first unofficial challenge to himself is to catch Slimer. And ah. so there's sequences of him chasing Slimer with a proton pack around the firehouse. Mm. Janine yelling at him, chasing Slimer with a proton pack around the firehouse. Mm. Janine yelling at him, him trying to get ready for it, and him setting traps for Slimer. It was, it was just all like Lewis and Slimer, and it took too much away from the Ghostbusters. Yeah, oh, I guess. totally. I'm trying to work out how that would work. I mean, the little bits that we get are cool, like. I never really had the connection between the TV, the the animated series and the films. To me, they were always separate, much like He-Man and his movies, you know, and the Turtles and their movies, they were separate. I know people tried to interject them, but having Slimer there kind of made sense to me that the that he wasn't much of a threat. He's their first ghost they captured. How he got out of the trap, I well, they all got know. out. They all got released from the containment field. <laughs> that is true. But that then is again, true. all those spirits were consumed by Gozer to open the gateway. That is true. But I'm guessing Slimer, he was a smarter one. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he got he's, away. He's and he, when you have Lewis Tully, you know, he's just had his first sexual experience. I assume with Janine. You know, uh, I, one that he remembers, I guess. One, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> one that he remembers, and then him dressing up as a Ghostbuster, I always thought was cool because I always believed that there should have always been a fifth Ghostbuster. As a Ghostbuster, I always thought was cool because I always believed that there should have always been a fifth Ghostbuster. As a Ghostbuster, I always thought was cool because I always believed that there should have always been a fifth Ghostbuster. The way that Lewis comes up to the cool because I always believed that there should have always been a fifth Ghostbuster. The way that Lewis comes up to the bus, you know, there should have always been a fifth Ghostbuster. The way that Lewis comes up to the bus, you know, it's typical A. Lewis, that is. You know, he can't drive or he doesn't have a car. He's got to go and help the guys. Lewis, that is. You know, he can't drive or he doesn't have a car. He's got to go and help the guys. And Slimer's driving the bus. It's cool. It's just... And Slimer's driving the bus. It's cool. It's just... And Slimer's driving the bus. It's cool. It's just your little nod. Slimer's driving the bus. It's cool. It's just your little nod. Slimer's driving the bus. It's cool. It's just your little nod. And so him getting the bus to the, the, the museum on his own and even becoming the hero at the end because he does help to destroy the shield after the guys have used their goo that they've positively charged. How this works, we're not entirely sure, but they take all the goo that they've collected or that they've saved or whatever and they've positively charged it and they just spray the inside of the Statue of Liberty. 
Which is just so fucking awesome. It is awesome, but then I'm looking at the tanks that they're carrying, and I'm like, you've really filled the entirety of this thing, and yes! you have spare? Yes, they did. Well, okay, and then okay, they okay, use okay. a special <laughs> Nintendo controller stick arcade system to warp the uh, fucking no, thing. I love it. I love it. But it, it makes no sense whatsoever. The way the Statue of Liberty moves, the fact that the torch catches fire, <laughs> the fact that its feet move, the fact that the robes it's, all move, it's just like... See, well, okay, well, if we go back and think about it, if so, the Scolari brothers were brought out by the negativity of the judge. Yeah. Pos brothers were brought out by the negativity of the judge. Yeah. Positively were brought out by the negativity of the judge. Yeah. Positively were brought out by the negativity of the judge. Yeah. Positively charging all of this 